Howdy friends, I am Link and I am obsessed with all things fitness, nutrition, and helping people become the most badass versions of themselves. I'm a former Division II athlete with a passion for making sure your fitness journey isn't a chore, but instead one of the best parts of your day. This podcast will be full of education and motivation so you can kick ass in the gym, kitchen, and your life. Howdy, howdy, and welcome to the Elevated Athletes Podcast. I am your host, Link, and today I have a fellow online fitness coach, Hannah Stuber, to join me. Hannah helps women heal their relationship with food and get fit without giving up the fun stuff. So let's dive into today's episode. Please take a hot second to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about you, your background, and what you got going on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So my name is Hannah. I've been an online fitness coach since 2021. My journey really started with my own weight loss journey back in 2014. It was a, a pretty big roller coaster past that point, um, but I found a huge passion in just helping women get to a place where they feel confident. They have a great relationship with food and the gym, and that's really what I focus on now with my clients. I love that, turning what you did making it even better, making it fun for everybody. So there is no denying that we both have a similar approach. We both, both are very much like real shit here to, here to have some fun. Oh, yeah. Also keep it very, very real. Um, and we wanted to take this episode to really just cut through some of the bullshit that we've unfortunately seen in the industry. So, um, one big area that we both have discussed is that there comes a point when people are using it as a marketing tool to say like, oh, you can do this hack, this trend, this whatever to basically say that or hint at that you don't have to put in a lot of effort and real talk fitness journeys, no matter where you're at, where you're going, they're going to require some degree of effort physically, mentally, emotionally, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's one big thing that we're both really good at is we have this foundation of like pushing this comfort zone, but doing it in a way that is fun doing it a way that helps make massive change and massive progress in the journey. So I want to dive into some of the goods of the, I don't want to call it the drama, but almost like the tea of the fitness industry of like, we're spilling it. I think it is a little bit of the tea. Yes, it definitely is. So let's fucking air it out. Um, Do you want to kick us off with one of your favorites? Yeah. Yeah. I think that a really good segue from what you just said, which by the way, I do absolutely love your approach of just cutting through the bullshit. That's most definitely my background is just wanting to keep it super real with people being really honest about what it's going to take, but while also making it as painless as possible. I know that you are the same way of wanting to make it like an individual journey, but I think that something you just mentioned was a lot of people use, I guess, marketing as like, they'll, they'll use these different fads as a way to market their services in a way that it's not going to take effort. And I think that a big thing that people, that a trend that I've seen over the last year is people saying, oh, you can eat whatever you want. You can have all the wine and the pizza and all the foods you want and still lose weight. And I am a huge, huge believer in balance and incorporating the foods that we love. That is definitely something that I preach. All my clients will tell you that, but it comes down to moderation. And I think that so many people use that as a way to to kind of pull people in with unrealistic expectations of mm. the kind of effort that it's going to take and the kind of trade-offs that they're still going to have to make 
if they do want to lose weight or if they do want to build muscle. Um, I think that it can definitely be like a marketing tactic to pull people in that way. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, it, it stems more than just like one of the main ones is, is with nutrition, but I even see it with some of my clients with the training side of things as well. Like I call it dancing that fine line. Like you have to dance that fine line of calling yourself when you're bullshit, when you're cheating yourself and when you're cutting corners and taking that time to rest when you actually need to fucking rest. Yeah. Um, so I work with a lot of former athletes and a lot of us have a hard time of finding that rest and taking that rest because we feel like we need to constantly be doing something of like, I can't sit still. I can't sit down. I don't know how to relax as much as I want to. Like my brain doesn't shut off at night. Um, and I think there comes to this, there comes a point where that starts to hit into our nutrition and lean into our training. And you have to find that line of like, okay, yes, I'm tired from a long work day, but making myself a priority and showing up for my goals still also needs to be high up on that list, even though I'm tired. And then there's going to be other times where it's like, you know, I'm new to motherhood. This was really hard to figure out in motherhood too. I was like, am I sleep deprived? Am I like just not motivated? <laughs> like, what am I feeling right now? And finding that moment of like, can I move forward? How can I move forward in a way that feels good? And I think one thing that I'm like really pushing home to my clients is like 1%. Like, I just need you to show up 1% better than you did the day before. I need you to get 1% better, better today. Some days you're going to move that needle like five, six steps today. If you move that needle half a step, we're still making progress. It's not, you know, Hey, this needs to be perfect, but it needs to be, how can I show up for myself in a way that feels good, but be real of like, am I limiting myself? Am I holding myself back when it comes to my nutrition, my training, my mindset, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that. I think that takes so much practice too. And it just takes so much applying it. And one thing that I love to to say is like your 100% is going to look a little bit different every single day. Like your 100% effort is going to look different based on what you have going on that day. And so something that I think is really helpful is just to wake up and like ask yourself, okay, what does my 100% effort look like today? And if that is literally getting in a walk and like drinking some water, then boom, that's great. I'm glad that we're putting in hundred percent effort, but hundred percent doesn't always look like doing everything perfectly. And you do have to kind of gauge where your ability to expend effort in each and every day is. But I think that just what you said of like learning, okay, do I actually need to rest or um, maybe, maybe I do need to rest, but just finding that balance. And I think there's a big difference between being mentally tired and physically tired yes. and a lot of the time the that mental exhaustion that we can experience after a long day of work or after a long day of being a mom and just being a human being can disguise itself as I'm physically tired now I want to skip the gym it's like that exercise might actually give you the energy that you need to keep going to be able to pour back into yourself yeah yeah for sure and that's it. like you just made me think of another one too of just like when how do I want to I want to say this. Basically that once you start, that's it. You flip the switch, you're good to go. Like as if there's not going to be another hard day and that hard days aren't norm normal. Um, and one thing that comes up a lot, like on the training side is like the weights just felt heavy today. Like I, I couldn't. And it's like, okay, well maybe your capacity wasn't a hundred percent today. Like you didn't have a full tank to give on. You were solely running on a 50% battery. Like you have to kind of give what you have um, and really be comfortable gauging that. And that comes with a level of self-awareness that is a skill set. Mm -hmm. 
practice this. This is not something where it's like, okay, I signed up for coaching. Now my life has changed forever from the day that I signed the contract. Like, no, 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 no. Like you did one workout and you're going to get to 50 plus 60 plus 70 plus workouts. And it's, there's still going to be days where it's like, holy shit, this is hard. I've been on my journey. So my journey is like weird. I started solo while I was still playing sports in high school. And I was like a psychopath in high school. I'd go to the gym at like five o'clock in the morning, go to school, do a second session later in the day, go to practice. It's total psycho. Then I went to college, realized like real training and then doing it solo again after sports was done. And that was one of the like hardest things for me to kind of like figure out was that like energy balance between it all. And just that like recognizing just because you've started and just because you've done the things doesn't mean it's, you're not going to have another hard day. I've, I've been through that where I started in high school and I did all that stuff and I would still have hard days today. Like literally three weeks ago, I was like, oh my God, this weight is so fucking heavy. Why can't I move it? Why does my form suck? And it was just taking it back to the little things of like, okay, can I get up? Have I even drank enough water today? Did I eat before my workout? Like what little things can I focus on to continue to move that needle forward and recognizing that one bad day does not mean that my journey is over. Does not mean that I'm going to stop making progress or lose any progress that I've made. It's just, that's a true challenge right there mentally of like, okay, shit's not going my way today. Maybe it's not going my way all week or all month. How can I still move that needle forward? Even when it's not easy that's sustainable. It's not this simple, you know, I know you've mentioned it too, of like, it's not, you have to put an effort. It's not going to get to be easy until later down the road. Even then Mm -hmm. I'm at a point where probably I would consider it like training and nutrition is easy to me, but that's because I put in hella time and I still have those days. Oh yeah. We put in those daily deposits and like (laughs) these past, these past few months, um, these past few weeks I've been moving and well, there's been so much going on. I've been moving. Um, there, there's been a lot happening and I've been out of the gym quite a bit. So getting back into the gym as pretty much just as often as I can has been really challenging on a lot of days because I go into the gym after taking a week off and it's like, wow, this weight does feel super heavy. And I think that there is a lot of power and empowerment and maintenance, honestly, not everyone talks about how just maintaining is something to be so proud of because sometimes the phase of life that you're in, you might not be able to make 10 steps forward. You might just have to be okay with maintaining where you're at. And I think that there's a lot of power in that because what's the other option? Either regressing and we don't want to do that. So if you can just maintain through those busy seasons and be okay with taking that tiny step forward, even if it's just, okay, I got in the gym once this week, like, that's a win for this week. Sometimes that really is all we need to focus on to, to really make it sustainable. And if you can maintain, I mean, if we think about it, like if you can maintain through those busy seasons and then just keep moving forward, you're kind of always moving forward. You're never really regressing. So there's a lot of power in maintenance. And I don't think that's talked about enough because everyone wants to take that 10 steps forward, but it's like, if you can learn how to maintain, you're already 10 steps ahead. Uh-huh. 100%. And I, I feel like it either goes one of two ways. It's either like you have so much respect for maintenance and you're willing to do the like unsexy work and like hang out in that maintenance phase and embrace the maintenance phase and recognize that like, Hey, this is, this is my opportunity for growth. Or you have the other end of the spectrum where it's like, Hey, you know, 
I'm going to go for this easy, quick fix because I fell off three months ago and I need to catch up. So I'm going to take all the supplements. I'm going to do the extra workouts. I'm going to do hit on top of what I'm currently doing. And I'm just going to push, 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 push to try to catch up to where you're at. Now we were literally talking about this right before the episode, but like supplements are a big one that I see being pushed and we have to recognize where that's coming from. Or is someone recommending supplements because it could be a supplement to an already positive journey, or do you think it's going to be something that absolutely changes, you know, the trajectory of your journey? And it it is fast forwarding you through um, all of that hard work from taking that time away, you know. And I like to say, like, supplements are not fucking infinity stones. Like, you don't just get to snap your fingers, be where you want to ha- go, have you want to have. You know what I mean? It's not like that. we're not fucking Thanos out here. Like, you have to do the little work, and then supplements goes with it supplements makes it that much better more sustainable like I'll be honest with you like I have seen the results of taking creatine regularly and I fucking suck at taking creatine like for whatever Mm. reason there are supplements in this world that I just don't I don't it's hard you have to take that every single day without fail yes so that's like it's a little tough I'm lucky if I can take my vitamins every single day and now I'm gonna Mm -hmm. take a powder drink on top of it like I think that supplements specifically are leaned on way too much. And I mean, maybe this is just me, my thought process or or kind of how I came up. But I think the MLMs have a a big part of this is because it was never just, you know, a workout program and eating well. It was, you know, drink this shake, do this specific workout, eat this specific portion. Like everything was so dialed in and regimented in a way that the goal was to support the masses, but yeah, I don't really agree well, with the cutter shit. Like, well, let's be honest. It's kind of the lazy way out. Yes. It kind of is. It might feel like more work initially because you're changing so many things yes. about your current routine, but you're also not taking the time to really learn and understand nutrition and understand training because everyone's going to be different. Mm-hmm. And to think that you can just follow a cookie cutter plan, like, yeah, you're going to see some results initially, but it's not going to be long-term. It's not even going to be a few months down the line that you'll still be experiencing the same progress. So yeah, I think the conversation about supplements, like I'm in the exact same boat with you. I think I've talked to a lot of other coaches who are really big on supplements and I've never been that way. Um, I, I think it does have to be something where like, it needs to be sustainable. And the difference that it's going to make is so, so minute for the average person. I think that supplements are there if it helps you solve a problem or if it helps you make your life easier. Like if you are vitamin D deficient, of course yeah. you should be supplementing vitamin D or if it makes your life easier as in using protein powder to help you hit your protein goal. I feel like that's when it is appropriate, but when you're trying to cut corners, that's where it gets messy and it doesn't really deliver the promises, whether that's marketing or whatever it is that a lot of people believe that it's going to. Yeah. And that's, again, it kind of goes back to, like I said earlier, of like dancing that fine line. Like, are we cheating ourselves? Are we taking the easy way out because of what? And that's a, that's a, you know, a whole nother podcast, but like diving into that deep root of like, why am I cutting corners? Am I afraid of failing? Am I afraid of letting somebody down? Do I just not want to put the work in? Is this even the goal that I'm looking to achieve? Like, that's another one. You see these trends of like, and this is one that came up. I felt like big 
in the last like year or two was like being the it girl like that trendy mm. aesthetic girl and I always clean girl that, aesthetic yes aesthetic that ones always make me laugh because I'm like one what the fuck is aesthetic and two how like where does this come from why do we have to tie ourselves to a specific aesthetic like maybe this year like I just really like this pink top but next year I really like the white top like do I have to suddenly change up my aesthetic because it's a different color and I think we see that in the fitness world too of like you know, there's this it girl who goes on hot girl walks and it's like, well, fuck your hot girl walk. Cause I don't have time for a two hour long walk in the morning. I got a baby mm-hmm. and I got a dog and I'm lucky if I can get 30 minutes in. And that's, you know, with the baby, not crying in the stroller because he wants, yeah, but to- that's real, you know, <laughs> that's real though. Like that's, that's real life that people deal with. And it, the like two hour morning routines thing just drives me <sighs> absolutely nuts and I'll be fully honest when I went for when I first went full-time in my business I was like oh wow I have free reign of my schedule now I can do whatever I want so maybe I should be doing these like long crazy morning routines where I meditate and I journal and I go for a walk and I hated it it was like 11 a.m and I'm like I haven't even done anything I did it for like three days and was like this is just not realistic (laughs) and whoever is pulling out their tripod to record themselves I'm sorry but you're not actually in your morning routine you're just filming content. So this isn't even really. It goes against the rules of your morning routine saying you have a no phone morning. Like that's what I'm saying. When they set up the tripod and get out of bed, like are you recording all night? (laughs) It's the stretch that doesn't work. (laughs) I know the yawn. Oh, I'm so so tired. Like girl, you've been up for three hours, like knock it off. Right. You've already done your makeup. You ate breakfast. Stop it right now. So funny. Um, one, one thing that I did definitely want to touch on was the greens powder trend. I feel like there could be a whole episode on just trends this past year. As you brought that up, I was like, wow, there are so many, but greens powders is definitely something that so many people, I think it became trendy to just take them and just to have it as a part of your morning routine that so many people aren't even really understanding what the concept is, um, of, and like why they exist. They're there to help supplement vitamin deficiencies they're there to help supplement but they're not a replacement the bioavailability of the greens powder versus actual real fruits and vegetables is exponentially different your body's not getting the same nutrient profile so when we're even looking at like getting the nutrients that your body needs it has to come from real food that can be there to help but it's not and not to mention the fiber content is so much lower in the greens powders, you're, yes, you're getting some, but you're going to get a ton more from just eating fruits and vegetables. So I, I totally understand the convenience aspect of it. Like not everyone has the ability to just have tons of fruits and vegetables around, but if you're able to buy a greens powder, you can probably right. buy some fruits That's and vegetables. Too, like the greens powders aren't typically like cheap. So no. if you're going to spend the money on it, I'd almost rather just get my fruits and veggies and it actually tastes good. And I'm listen, I'm not shit talking because like I was one of those people, like I took the greens. Cause I was like, well, one, I want to know, like I use myself as a Guinea pig probably more often than I should. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, well, I want to see, you know, what the hype is. If, if this is truly something that could be beneficial. And that was like the one joke with this is one of my friends and I, we used to sit there and laugh about because I would drink my greens powder and we're like, it literally tastes like fucking dirt. Like I'm sitting here it's drinking. so gross. Like, I'm not it's gonna so gross. This shit. 
So when I see people holding up their green shank and they're like, mm, it's so delicious. I'm like, what the fuck are you drinking? Because there is no Do way I... mine tasted like dirt. You can't tell me otherwise. Um, and I'm just like, I can't. And the, the, you got the greens and the reds and you got this and you got that. And I'm like, listen, can we just take it back to when it was like real simple and just like, this is a protein bar. This is mm-hmm. a protein powder. Like amazing. There's your supplement stack. Take some pre-workout if you're feeling it. Um, and again, like we're not, bashing, we're not bashing supplements. Like I've taken them. I'm sure you have at some point. Um, and I still do take some supplements, but it's, it's one of those of like, you know, recognizing that that's not what's going to get me to my end result. I can get to my end result, even without those things. The supplements are more for that. Like you said, the convenience of, if you can't get your fruits and veggies, maybe you ran out of fruits and veggies this week, but you're like, Hey, I'm still trying to make my nutrients a top priority. Like Maybe tomorrow is when you have time to go to the grocery store. Cool. Have a green string today, but like get to the store and get the veggies. <laughs> Instacart that shit. Like we big have fast. Exactly. So I think that's, yeah. you know, one big one. And even kind of going into another like area when it comes to nutrition is like making sure that, um, and we handed or touched on this a little bit in the beginning of like, it's not a free for all just because you can have all of the things that doesn't mean you go into an open buffet style, load your plate up and call it a day. Like you still need to prioritize things. And the the way I approach it um, is elevating. Like how can we elevate your meal? If you want to have pizza and stuff, amazing. Have the pizza, but how can we elevate it? Maybe you have a a, literally the core power Fairlife protein shake on the side. You get a little bit extra protein in, amazing. Um, And really thinking of it beyond just, hey, I'm hungry, what's in front of me? What can I eat? Or like, hey, I'm I'm eating intuitively. I don't track my food. I just try to eat healthy. Well, what does that mean? And really getting clarity mm-hmm. on that is another big one too of like, oh, you know, you can eat all of your favorite foods. Well, at the end of the day, those nutrient dense foods are going to take top priority. And if they don't, that's a deeper problem that we need to work on. For sure. A couple things came up when you were going over that. One, I, I always love to use the phrase add, don't subtract. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we don't necessarily need to be looking at our diets like, okay, what do I need to be cutting out? It's more so like what you just said, I'm going to have the pizza, but what can I have along with this to make sure that I'm adding some sort of nutrient density so that I'm getting a little bit of what I want and also a little bit of what I need. Sounds like you have the same perspective on it, but I really believe that intuitive eating needs to be earned. It's not something that we innately should know exactly how to fuel our bodies well if you've never done it before if you've never seen what it looks like to consume enough nutrient density enough protein and a lot of people fall back on this like oh well we have these innate hunger signals these satiety signals but there's a lot of times where those can be skewed let's say you're super stressed you're not going to have the same hunger and satiety signals let's say you were you're getting over a sickness. You are not going to have the same satiety and hunger signals. You're probably going to be a little bit off. So understanding what that looks like to fuel your body, despite maybe not having those same hunger signals, like you at least still have the concept from, okay, during my time tracking, this is why tracking is so important. During my time tracking, I know exactly what it looks like to fuel myself well. So I have something to compare it to. If you've never seen what that looks like, if you have no experience with that, how are you supposed to be intuitive? Yes, exactly. And this is even something that this is, I'm very big on this is needs to be a lifelong skill set that we continue to practice, right? So like, even if you have 
say you've earned your, you know, intuitive eating style and that's just what you do. It is still extremely beneficial to check in with yourself and just maybe just track for like two, three days, average it out, kind of see where you're at just to make sure that you are staying on pace and that you are, you know, upholding the routines and the the work that you have put in previously. I know this is something I struggled with postpartum because I was so tired. I was sleep deprived. Um, my son, I had a, a rough delivery. Um, and then my son had jaundice levels. His jaundice levels were really high. Um, and he had digestive issues. So like it took him, we were up like every two hours, um, trying to help him soothe him, that kind of stuff on top of the feeding schedule of every two to three hours and all that nonsense. Well, I was literally at a point where I was just so my body was like overwhelmed, trying to do all the things, fight or flight mode to the extreme. And I was just kind of like floating through my day. So when I started tracking my food again, now, mind you, this whole time I'm thinking I'm easily in 1800 to 2000 calories with ease. Like I'm, I'm lower than I'd like to be, but I'm definitely close. I tracked my food for like three days and I was like, oh shit, this is bad. This is, I was eating 1100 calories on average a day as a new mom trying to heal from a rough delivery. I was oh like, oh my gosh. I literally looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, girl, what are you doing? This is not enough. Yeah, not enough. That's <laughs> not enough to show. It goes to show how much, like if there's stuff going on, just yes. again, how are you going to be intuitive? You might think that you're showing up better than you are, but this mm-hmm. is why having the objective feedback of tracking is so important and so helpful when you're going through a season like that, or just in general. And even like I would, so I would start walking. When did I start walking? I know it's still cold, probably like he was born mid-November. So probably like December, I started like getting out and walking around a little bit more. I was feeling better. I had a fourth degree tear. So I was like really stitched up and, uh, it took me a little bit to get comfortable moving again. So once I was, that's when I went full swing back into tracking and like doing that kind of stuff. (laughs) And I remember tracking my food and like going to pull it up and logging it and being like, it's 9am. I've been up since five and I haven't eaten yet. Like that's, probably why I'm under eating is because I'm not eating breakfast until lunch. And then I probably skip lunch, have a snack in the afternoon and have dinner. And then in my head, I've been eating every few hours throughout the day when I wasn't, I was distracted for the first couple hours, get a meal in distracted again. Um, and I think even if you're not a mom, this applies too. like you said, if you're in a busy season of life, you were just moving, like you could have been out and about moving, getting stuff organized, doing this, doing that, going to this store, going to that store. And then you get home and you're like, holy shit, I haven't eaten since like 9am and it's 4pm. I'm obviously behind on my day. So like, like you said, intuitive comes with practice Mm -hmm. and skills, but it also needs again, some level of self-awareness as you are going through that process, not just, well, I eat intuitively now and that's just what I do. Boom. Like you still need to have that self-awareness and really listen to the hunger cues. 1000%. And think about if you were someone who struggled with overeating or who struggled with binge eating, that's my background is coming from, I came from like a, you know, I lost a lot of weight and then I was like, naturally I want to do bodybuilding now because that's what everyone does when they lose weight. Right. (laughs) So I did a bodybuilding competition. I had no business doing that, developed an absolutely horrendous relationship with food that was already present, but it really just exacerbated things. And post that point, I really struggled with binge eating. And a lot of the clients I work with also struggle with things similar to that and overeating in the evening. And a lot of the time, what that comes from is not eating enough during the day. 
And a lot of the time, this is exactly what happens. We go through our day, not eating enough unintentionally. You might think that you're eating enough, but towards the end of the day, when you finally sit down, you finally are able to be in that more rest and digest state. That's when those hunger signals really hit you. That's when the cravings really hit you. And that's why it's so easy to have three plates of dinner at night when you haven't eaten enough all day. And it's so easy to go overboard. There's so many different areas. I think things that we have touched on all tie back into each other. And one big thing that is coming up for me is like having that personal experience, but also recognizing that there's going to be different things that work really well for other people. And there's going to be things that work really well for you. And it's okay that they're different. Um, and even like kind of going back, I'm just saying like, okay, you had your bodybuilding experience. I had my bodybuilding experience. I was a one and done show girly. That was it. I'll never do it again. I have no interest. <laughs> like, um, and I think for me, the way that my approach to bodybuilding was, was hire the cheapest coach available, did that. Um, I got a cookie cutter program that clearly was like forwarded emails from a previous client that was just like dumped into my inbox and a cookie cutter meal plan also copied and pasted from a previous person and dumped into my email inbox. And I'm following this meal plan religiously. And it got to a point where I was like, I don't even like these foods. Like I, I can't eat this. Um, and I like one, for example, egg whites, not my thing. I will not do egg night, egg whites. Don't ask me to eat egg whites. I'm not about it. The only egg white I will eat, this sounds ridiculous, is the Starbucks turkey bacon and egg white sandwich. <laughs> don't Those know, are good. But that's the only one that I'll eat. Um, but I don't do egg whites. And I was at a point in the journey where I was literally standing over my trash can eating the egg whites because my coach wouldn't sub it out for anything else. And I was throwing them up because I was literally like crying as I was eating them. And that really was like, obviously a very extreme indicator, but really showed me how having that customization within your journey is crucial to some level, right? Like there's going to mean you could follow the same exact training program and probably both get kick-ass fucking results. But at the end of the day, there's going to be different variables of like, maybe your training intensity, you can keep it a little bit higher, a little bit longer where I maybe can't, or like having some degree of that. And I think it all comes back to that self-awareness again of like, what are, what are your numbers saying? Like, are you tracking stuff? Are you tracking your weight? Are, are you doing it more than once a week? You know, cause if you're just measuring yourself once a week, are you getting an accurate read? If you're only tracking your food once a week, are you getting an accurate read? Um, and really being mindful. That was one thing I struggled with was like, I would go into the gym and just, like you said, kind of go through the motions, never tracked, you know, my weights and stuff. I would have a workout journal that I would use for like three, four weeks. And then I'd lose it in my gym bag somewhere and I'd never see it again. Like, then I think having that customization allows more motivation within to track. Does that make sense? Yeah, that a was thousand a percent. But no, that, that makes perfect sense. And that's actually one of the biggest points of feedback that I get from my clients is like having the workouts tracked for you is a big motivator because I mentioned this before we even started recording was for a long time, I had gotten into strength training and I was going through the motions. And initially I didn't come from a background of sports. So I was definitely like all newbie gains, mm. which newbie gains, if you don't know, is they're, very so real. Thing. they're so real when you start out, like you really don't have to do a whole lot to be able to build muscle, but that only lasts for so long. And yeah. I was stuck for probably three years after the initial like 
my first year of strength training where I just was not progressing. And that was definitely one of the other things that I know we wanted to touch on was following a structured strength training program is super key to being able to see progress. I think that just going into the gym is just not enough. And there is a big misconception with just going into the gym, kind of doing what you see on Instagram or doing what you see on TikTok and you're going to get the same results. Those girls that you see have been following a regimented training program. They are not just going into the gym winging it. And if they are, they're not going to be progressing for very long. So that was another big, big wake up call for me in my fitness journey was realizing what it actually took to progressively overload and just ties back into your point of just having that self-awareness to be able to understand, am I actually like putting the effort in that I need to, or like, does my effort actually match my expectations right now? Because they're in a lot of cases where my effort has not matched my expectations. And I'm like, why am I not getting jacked right now? But it's because I wasn't following the program. I wasn't really putting in that effort. So there is a big misconception with, okay, I'm starting my journey. So like, I'm going to get results now. And it's like, you have to still back that with effort, even after you've been in the gym for years. Yeah. And I think too, like one thing, I know this episode was really like calling out the bullshit and like bringing out those misconceptions and kind of giving the truth behind them. But one thing I do want to give the industry credit for is more and more and more, I'm seeing more people adopt a long-term mentality. Like it is no longer like, don't get me wrong. They're still kind of mixed in of like, Hey, you know, do this six week challenge and completely transform your body and like, you know, do this, do that. But I think now you're, you're seeing more people specialize in that of like, okay, if you're doing this six week challenge, it's because you're trying to get rid of this, like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Chronic bloating that you're struggling with, or maybe you're trying to get on a good sleep routine. Here's a six week program to help you develop the habits that you need to fix this specific problem. And it's less about, let me transform your entire fucking world. I'm going to come in here and rock your world in six weeks. And then you're never going to need me or another fitness coach again. Like, boom, done. I would fucking buy into that six weeks. Hell yeah. You're saving me a lot of time, baby. But now you're seeing more and more. Maybe it's just the space of the people I'm surrounding myself with, but you more and more you're seeing less of that and more of how can we commit to this long-term? How can you show up for yourself for the next six months? That's a rule that I have within myself is like, if I'm going to agree to commit to something, especially if it's like a new goal that I've set for myself, it's a minimum of six months. Like I can make adjustments within that six, but I'm giving myself six months of it being a top priority before I say, no, this isn't for me, or this isn't going to work, or it's not working or whatever, you know, nonsense can come out. But that's one thing I will say I've found more and more is that like, we're, we're getting to that point of it's not 12 weeks, it's 12 months. Oh, yeah. When I started my Instagram, I started documenting my journey back in 2014. And 2014 was like peak of Instagram influencers of seeing that stuff, seeing the six week transformation. So seeing like where we are now, almost 10 years later, which is so crazy that I've been in this space for that long. But seeing where we are now almost 10 years later is just exponentially different in such a positive way. I'm so glad that there are women who are really getting behind strength training and like understanding that it is a journey more than it's, it's not a sprint. It is absolutely a marathon. And one thing though, that I will also say is yes, you're not going to see a 12 month transformation in 12 weeks, 
but you're going to feel a hell of a lot better in 12 weeks. If you just create a little bit of consistency, if you just focus on a couple of habits at a time, yeah, you're not going to look exponentially different. That's going to come later. That's going to be a byproduct of your consistency, but you're going to feel a hell of a lot better if you can just get the ball rolling a little bit. The amount that you can learn in a 12 to 16 week span about yourself, about the journey, about nutrition, about fitness, literally about so much. Like you literally, so the way I approach my coaching is I do a lot with biofeedback and like every single week, I literally send my pictures or send my clients a like poop chart. I'm like, what did your poop look like this week? Like we need to know what the digestion looks like. Um, and at first everybody kind of laughs, like, why are you asking me this question? Why am I rating my stress on a scale of like, I'm good to the house is burning down. Like, isn't that a little extreme? And I'm like, no, because that is going to determine what habits that we need to implement now to make sure that you are still on track to where you want to be in 12 months. Because if we're not doing these little things in the first 12 weeks, 12 months later, we're still going to be sitting in the same cycle. So let's bust out of that, really make that initial change in the 12 weeks, but still keep that 12 month destination in mind. Yeah, definitely. If anyone gets anything from this episode, I just hope it's that like doing the, doing the small things really can make such a big difference in the long term. And that's honestly some of the biggest feedback that I get from new clients is like, well, aren't we changing all this and this and this? And it's like, yes, but not yet. Like let's focus on your sleep. And there are things that bleed into everything else. If your sleep is in a good position, you're going to wake up earlier. Then you're going to have more energy to work out. You're going to be more consistent with your workouts. You're going to have more energy to cook when you get home from from work for the day. And it bleeds into everything else. If you just can look at that foundation and see where we need to make some foundational improvements, you're going to make improvements elsewhere. All while eliminating the overwhelm. If you're focusing on like these smaller specific areas you can do so simultaneously instead of worrying about okay like we talked about earlier i have to do this program i have to drink this shake i have to eat this much food it's all very like overhaul your entire life overnight instead of saying like okay how can i gradually make these adjustments in a way that feels good and in a way that i can do it long term um and that's i always say simple is sustainable and if you don't see yourself doing it in two years don't do it now because you know, that's yep. when all the trends come out. That's the first thing everybody jumps on. It's like, oh, well, this is what everybody's doing. It looks fun. It looks exciting. It's new. It's that 75 hard. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> 75 hard. Oh my God. 75 hard, 75 medium, 70, 75 soft. Like, why can't we just call it healthy habits, baby? Like go back to, go back to the simple That's days. what I'm saying. That's what I'm, that's all it is. It's just, again, it goes, it goes back to the marketing. It's like yeah. people attach there people attach themselves to the things that are easy to market and sometimes the sustainable stuff is not the sexy stuff fixing your sleep is not sexy fixing your digestion is not sexy but that's what's going to make the difference yeah in the long term yeah and it's like all right and that's one question you need to ask yourself when you're starting is like you know am i okay with this taking a little bit longer but lasting a lot longer right like okay maybe it may take me 12 months to get there but if I can make this last 12 years to a lifetime, then amazing. Um, I always say I'm not going to be that grandma tracking macros, but my macros and my skill set behind macros will allow me to be that grandmother that's still chasing her kids around the yard at 60, 70, 80 years old. I'll still be mobile enough and in a good position where I'm not in and out of the hospital. I'm with my kids and my grandkids consistently. You know what I mean? And 100%. That's, that ties into that long-term vision. You may be in your twenties being like, 
I'm nowhere remotely close to being a grandma, but that's not the point. The point is we're looking for long-term health, not just a quick fix of what's, what's hot right now and following that, that trend. I found that a lot of women, unfortunately, like I've done it as well. I'm sure you've done it kind of need to go through the bullshit to be able to realize what they actually need they need to go through the quick fixes to realize like oh wow this doesn't actually work okay so now let me go back to the drawing boards and then that is typically where they're like okay I'm ready to to look longer term once you realize that that it really is the the only option honestly as as sad as it is to say that's the only option to really look it's not sad actually to look (laughs) at the long term um that's really the only way that you're going to create something that'll be around for longer than a few months well this was really an incredible conversation I I love that we kind of connected all of these pieces and really kind of kept it real while also keeping it you know grounded it's not something that needs to be overwhelming crazy scary anything like that we can have fun and still make our make progress and reach our goals so would you mind dropping your socials tell us more about where we can find you and what you got going on in your world yeah, so my Instagram is just at Hannah.stuber, my full name. Um, and I like to what's up? Did I did just... look it up. I did look it up. I had to look. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. But we're we're good. I, I was like, is it my name or is there a period? So there is a, a period in there, <laughs> Hannah.stuber. That's where you'll find me. I was actually Hanny Boo Boo for about 10 years. Um from Honey Boo Boo, if you guys remember that. So it's been a transition, transitioning just to my full name. So that's why I had to look it up. But that's where you can find me. I post a lot of content around living your best life while also reaching your fitness goals. Very much a sustainable preaching coach over here. So I like to give a lot of tips on nutrition, ways that we can make it sustainable and still make it not miserable because no one wants to be miserable when they're reaching their fitness goals. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, stay tuned because we're going to have another episode coming soon. I I feel it. We're going to, we're going to have some more stuff we want to chat about. So uh, that's all we got for you today. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Mm